Welcome to the Jewish Business Insider, brought to you by JCN Advertising and the Jewish Content Network. The podcast for agencies, publishers, advertisers, or for anyone looking to learn about business, advertising, marketing, or technology. Business Insider is hosted by Tani G and Yoshi Falber, CEO of the Chesed Fund. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to the Jewish Business Insider. I'm Tani G. And I'm Yoshi Falber, CEO for the Chesed Fund. This show is brought to you by JCN Advertising and the Jewish Content Network. Thank you for joining us. We just met with Chayla Kaufman, and we had a phenomenal interview with her, learning so much. It was so astounding and fantastic. What do you think, Yoshi? Yeah, the, I would add the one and only Chayla Kaufman. It was uh, very, very insightful. It always is. Talking to her is, is talking to uh, a real, a real outstanding example of a Jewish business insider. She has so much to offer and so much to bring to the table. There, that is so true. And there's actually two things that stick out for me from this fantastic interview. One of them is she talks about, and you'll see in the in the episode, how we want to break down hierarchy when it comes to the business model, when it comes to dealing with people. There's so many organizations, so many places out there where there is a hierarchy and it's not the best way. And for her, she talks about loving the playing field. Everyone's respected and valued and everyone's opinions on the same floor. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, the the discussion about sort of her company's corporate culture and keeping everyone motivated, keeping everyone feeling passionate and keeping everyone uh, with a spirit and an air of mutual respect. It was very, very, uh, very eye opening. The way she runs her company, I think, is a great model that so many people could learn from. It is such a good model to learn from. And a second thing that sticks out for me, and you'll see in the interview later on, is when it comes to dealing with people, who is our inspiration? Who could be your inspiration? And she talks to us, telling us that every person she meets really is an inspiration, someone to learn from. It brings to mind the popular adage from, from the Gemara and from Pirkei Avos about Ezehu Chacham, Adam. We talk about everyone you learn from, everyone you meet could be someone that you learn something from. I thought that was very interesting as well. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, in her field where she talks to so many different types of professionals, so many different organizations in Klai Yisrael, I'm sure she has uh, a vast uh, array of people to learn from every day. And uh, I was happy to hear some of that, um, some of that sort of crystallized insight coming directly from her with all of her experience. Uh, I consider her a mentor also, you know, I learned a couple of things. We talked about some of the lessons that I've learned from her uh, in the past, and she just added on more and more. So I, I got a tremendous experience. I hope I, I hope our listeners will also. I hope so as well. And now we move to the part of this segment where we call the insider insight, giving a practical insight to use in your own life, in your own business, the insider insight. Would you like to advertise your business to thousands of targeted Jewish customers? Would you like to feature your cause on a network with thousands of users every month? With the Jewish Content Network, you can. Our easy-to-use platform allows you to start running an ad campaign in minutes. Choose which sites you want your ad to appear on and track your performance. Whether your budget is $50 or $5,000, the Jewish Content Network is the most affordable, efficient, and effective way to advertise to a Jewish audience. Contact us today to get started.
Thank you so much for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care. Okay, gang, thank you for joining us for the first episode of Jewish Business Insider. And we are thrilled to have with us the wonderful Kyla Kaufman. Kyla is the CEO of JCN Advertising and the Jewish Content Network. That is the biggest ad distributor in the Jewish world. They work with all of the publishers that you know and love. Kyla is the power woman behind all of the great ad campaigns that you see in Klai Israel, in the Jewish world. Um, she herself is an unbelievable influencer. Um, I consider her a mentor. And uh, Kyla, thank you so much for joining us. Oh boy, I'm humbled. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real honor for us to have you here with us in the show today. Just to start off with the first question, how did you begin your career in advertising and marketing? Um, I started working as an assistant in uh, the Yatad Neman. This goes back 18 years ago. I was fresh out of seminary. I thought I was going to teach. Um, after giving my first model lesson that was a 45-minute slot that I ended in six minutes, I realized that teaching is probably not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't understand how teachers just like take up a whole period of time to teach, like, I got the lesson now, you know, that's it, now what? Um, I ended up working for the Lipschitzes, who she was actually a teacher of mine in high school. She called me if I have a job yet. And she, I joined the Yatshed there. I started selling ads for them. I came in just, you know, in sales in the ads department. Um, I learned a lot there. I learned a lot about the world at large, both, like, politically. I learned... Um, about so many different organizations that run him and things that, you know, everything that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and I definitely learned to clean up my sales skills there um, and grow the paper. So that's where my love of understanding people and understanding organizations and what gets people to react and how to get close that deal, like all that was developed while um, working, working there. I mean, you said that it was hard for you to sort of get in front of a classroom and teach and, and, and it took you seven minutes, but how many keynote speeches have you given since then? Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty like shy with public speaking. I don't enjoy it that much. Um, but, and I, and I had to learn, you know, how to carefully pace myself the right way. And it's still a work in progress, you know, yeah. but I enjoy it a lot more now. So, um, when and how was JCN advertising formed? Like, when did you realize that there was even this need? I mean, it comes across to me as the the way that this company is structured is is unique, not just in the Jewish world, but I, I feel that this is just a, such a unique company in the business world at large. Um, when did you realize that there was such a need? When did it all start? And like, what gave you that push to really jump in? So about eight years ago, um, eight years into my career is when I met Chaim, um, Chaim Chernoff, who's my partner. And we met because at that point, I started um, becoming interested in the online world, realizing that print has limitations and there's got to be something else that's going to be become the tool that people are going to be consuming media on. And we were, as the from world, we were a little bit behind you know, the age, uh, the non-firm world obviously was consuming a lot of their media online because of us having Shabbos, we always would, you know, go fall back to publications and print. But I still realize like there's definitely going to be 
another there's there's going to be another path and 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 I need to learn it first and I want to I want to get there um before anyone else does so I jumped on at that point matsov.com was only like a little tiny operation in the basement of a friend of mine's house and I joined them there trying to push, develop, um, and grow the site and try to make that into another tool. Um, that way there's another platform and another reach and a digital reach for people to start advertising on. At that point I met Chaim and we used to bump heads because he was running the sales department of Yeshiva World. And here I was trying to, I was the first competition to Yeshiva World. Um, and let's just say like those beginning conversations weren't very friendly um, at a certain point, we were like, you know, this is really crazy. Like, we have so much to offer for each other. Like, why don't we try to do something together? Um, and that's when we really put our talents together. Chaim, obviously, with his sales skills that he had, but I think more than that, he was an amazing, he is an amazing visionary um, and able to really understand what it takes to build a company. I'm more of that, like, you know, more, I'm, 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 like I'm much more of that aggressive, let's get it done, get it done, get it done, as opposed to the perfection behind everything, which is more Chaim skill. Um, so that's really how we form this amazing partnership of, you know, me being out there trying to just sell, sell, sell and, 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 and educate as quickly as I can, as many clients and bring on onboarding, all that, and Chaim really building it out properly. Um, so that's where we met and that's how our friendship and our partnership formed. Once so we were working, is... it's amazing. We just started with those two sites, really. And then we built out, we saw there was such a need because people would come and say, you know, I, I would have that conversation with them. Like, you know, they need to get the word out. How do I do that? And I'd say, why am I only selling them what I'm connected to? Let me just get connected to everything because then I can help people, you know, completely instead of just being able to handle one or two parts of that campaign. Let me learn the full industry, which I was anyways learning because I was so curious about it and interested demographic and what gets people to react and that whole you know the psychology behind campaigns so we just continued building relationships with everyone out there and slowly we're just adding more and more possibilities for clients and how to get the word out and that's really how the jewish content network today was formed wow so it kind of grew out of what would have been uh, seeming seeming competitors and you have yeah. on the one hand an incredibly talented and experienced uh, salesperson working with vast experience at the Yated, but with an idea in her mind, meaning yourself, to to expand into the digital world since print does have its place for sure, but it also has its limitations. And now you've got, on the other hand, this sort of like a tech innovator who's also helping with the sales on Yeshiva World and what could have ended up being a rivalry ended up becoming a partnership. Yeah, that is a really, that's a very Jewish business model, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And so organically, just more and more publishers ended up onboarding, more and more people kept coming on. And now, like, how many publishers are on the Jewish Content Network and JCN Advertising? How many people are on there? How many publishers are on there? Well, it's amazing. I mean, the amount, I don't know the exact number of publishers we add, we're adding as often as we can. Sometimes on a weekly basis, we'll get a new publisher, sometimes, you know, um, we're always researching and that's definitely something that Chaim is very on top of. And as far as how many current, I mean, there are hundreds of campaigns that are actively live daily, um, running through our network. Wow. So that's awesome. Right? It's awesome. 
like it's you wonderful. guys realized for, for our listeners, just all of these, all of the ads that you're seeing, all of the campaigns that you're seeing on all of these sites that you love, wherever you go to read the news, it doesn't matter where you are. If it's a Jewish site, you're likely seeing something that, that is part of um, Jason. Yeah, it's remarkable. There's, it's an unbelievable model. Unbelievable. It's, it's wonderful to be able to fuse different talents and different minds. It actually reminds me of that story of the person that took in his sort of competition in that fish store, and he ended up letting him sell out of the same store, taking the same thing, but having, the, having one place for it to happen together. You can really do more together than opposite oftentimes. My next question is, do you find your job meaningful? How? Extremely. And it's something that I'm always talking about, that the only reason and the only fire that fuels me is the fact that I am actually involved in such meaningful work. Um, Both, you know, even when I'm dealing with businesses, there's still meaning. I'm here to help someone expand their own business, their own parnasa, whatever it is, an organization. I'm getting their voice heard. I'm able to, you know, curate a message that people can finally relate to this organization and then maybe donate more, bigger, understand, be educated. I feel like my whole day is, yes, I'm making a living doing it, but I feel like my whole day is really cloudy so I'll work, both for businesses and for organizations. And if I wouldn't have that, I know myself, like, I would never feel fulfilled. And it's a very, very, very fulfilling job to do what I do. If you do what you love and you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? That's what yeah. they say. Goes. And it was funny because Esty, who Esty Newstat's my assistant, and one night she was she was back and forth. We were on like a LinkedIn post and having some sort of like conversation, and it was like eleven o'clock at night, and she's talking about this client. And I I messaged on LinkedIn. I said, Esty, go to sleep. It's late. Like stop working. She's like, What do I do when work and play becomes all play? You know. And it was an amazing wow. like comment. She said, I'm like, I, I can't believe, like, I also have a staff who lives with this passion like I do. And to me, that is like, it's like, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like, if that's the way my staff feels, that they also love what they do. Like, it's all play. Um, you know, we've really accomplished something special. That's the dream. I mean, it sounds like, this is like your, it's, you know, some people go to work and then they have a life right? And some people have their life's work and there's, there's not a separation between the two yeah. Uh, yeah. In, a, in a sense. Um, I, I will ask you, can I ask a little bit of a personal question? Sure. Like, how do we, you know, I also work in a field where I'm very passionate about what I do and I'm driven by my passion, my belief in Klai Yisrael, the organizations within Klai Yisrael. And, and I think we see very eye to eye in that. And when you're so passionate and you know that something has to be done, and, and it's something that you're, you're driven to do. This is part of your life's work. This is what you're here to do. Um, how, how do you draw those sort of like boundaries? And how do you, in other words, life and work and family and, and business and things like that. And also, you know, you mentioned something about your staff finding um, meaning in their day as well. And I was wondering about that. I, I actually just from um, from having met you before, I know that you're driven by a belief in the organizations that you work with. And a lot of the campaigns that you're running are things that you would, that you would absolutely not trade um, in a million years uh, for the opportunity to be working with them. Like, this is what it's all about. It's the great organizations in Kaleistro. But how do you like, make sure that the staff find meanings in, meaning within their day, meaning within their work? And, and keep your staff feeling positive about their work 
but then also like like how does it happen so so i guess the question is sort of two two questions one is i guess about work boundaries and life boundaries and how you manage that as a as a as a professional who's so passionate and and also how do you how do you um deliver that passion um to the employees that work that work with you so so to answer let's say to answer your question about how I try to infuse that same feeling within my within my staff. The people who work closely with me, um, I need them. I, I bring them in to understand the organization's mission. I think, like from the start, and it really, really helps them be able to follow my vision and then like to develop what I want and like you know to see to see it happen. They need to feel my passion and then you know, they usually can connect to it. It's, it's, it, I have an amazing team. I do. And I think that part of, I, like when hiring, I have to hear that enthusiasm in them. I have to hear that good nature. I have to hear that there are people that actually want to please and want to help. It's part of, you know, who you have to be to do what we're doing all day. Um, As far as the work-life balance. So it's a question that I get so often and every, like, I don't even have a a clear answer to tell you like exactly this is what I do, but my whole life is infused together. Like I don't, I don't really have this like work balance, life balance. I believe that like, you know, there's no perfection in, in, in the work life balance, but my children, my husband, I bring in so much of my work into my life and I talk about it with them and I believe in what I'm doing. I don't think that you need to worry so much about a work life balance. If, it's really part of you. Like it's hard to explain and it could be, it's a personality thing. And that's why I have an easier time dealing with it. Um, because my children see that I live like the passion in helping colleagues. Well, it's like, it's, it becomes part of the way they're being raised. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, mommy's working on this client. She's busy, but I'm so passionate about like, whether it's a fundraiser, like helping them really be successful. It's, I, I live it with them as well. And then that comes, that comes to your family, that, that sort of passion for Kleisrow ends up permeating your household, I'm assuming. And, and the kids yes, see it. it. Sure does. For sure does. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it was my presumptive statement that sort of your, your professional life has now essentially really become your life's work. Like, do you think that this is something that, that you were really, you were put here to do? This is your calling? I definitely find tremendous meaning in it. So it, it could be, it could be, it is my tough good. Yeah. It could be like, you know, that is, that, that is why I'm here. I, I, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I believe also it, when you live with this, when you live with that in mind in front of you, that what you're doing is, you know, is, is like as a public servant in some sort, you, it infuses your whole day differently. It's like, like it's chesed, even if you're getting paid for it, it's still chesed. Like Yoshi, you're in a very similar situation. You're no matter what, it's tremendous chesed that you're enabling, you know. So you're gonna live differently. Like when you're right. so infused in that, like it, 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 you're gonna dance around the table, like thank you, Hashem, with your kids because it, it's that's how a campaign you, hit its goal. A fundraiser it. hit their yeah, goal, like it, and you it come just, home and you dance around the table with the whole right. family. 
Right. It's just that. They wait it, for it now. They expect it. For those of you that don't know, I'm the CEO for the Chesed Fund. So that's what Kyle is talking about. It, it, it's all related. It's like, this is my, this is, yeah, this is like, it's all, it's an intertwined picture. You know, I don't believe in that separation in my industry. Baruch Hashem, like, I could imagine it's a challenge for people that are lawyers that don't bring home that meaning, that, that, that feeling or that, you know, I, I don't know. But for me specifically, I'm lucky because. I feel fortunate that this is my industry because it, it just infuses a different feeling in the home. It's like, we're, we're helping all day. We're just, you know, we're doing right. We're a part of it. I think that's one of the things that, 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 that inner passion and belief in what you're doing is one of the things that makes you an outstanding professional because what you're able to deliver for your clients is, is I think your name is um, when people think of campaign in the Jewish world, they think Chayla Kaufman, you're on the top of mind. There's no question about it. Um, and, and I think that this might be one of the things uh, in, in, in the recipe that makes you an outstanding professional. It's not just a, uh, it's not just a, um, I feel this way about it. It's, this is what drives your professionalism, your ability to deliver, your ability to go that extra mile. Do you, do you think that's true? I, I would say, I would, you know, clear it's very clear thank you i would also add a lot of times when we're passionate about something it comes through to the people around us so when you do something and you love to do something and you act on something our children see it often i often tell my kids and my wife also you know if i say something it's not as powerful as when i do something so i say you gotta cook for the schwartzes but if if i tell someone else to cook cook they're not gonna do it but i myself cook and i do a lot of cooking actually when i myself cook for the schwartzes the kids learn what it is to do, to act. So if your life is involved in fundraising and involved in campaigns and you're doing for others, it could actually emanate off of yourself. The kids can feel it. Your spouse can feel it. The people around you can feel it. And it just, the whole universe can feel it as a whole from the actions itself. Definitely. Yeah. So when, when thinking about dealing with campaigns and with dealing with people, you work with a large team at JCN. So how do you bring out the best in the people that you work with? So, um, I try to like, we're, we're, I, I, I call them my team players. Like we're, we're all on the same team. And I think that breaking that, breaking that, like there shouldn't, there's no like levels of like, I'm the boss and you work for me kind of feeling at all. It's more like, you know, like we're all pretty equal. And I, I, it's very much top of mind to like run a company like that. Like there's no there's no, you know, yes, there's authority, but there's still like, I trust you. We're all working towards the same goal together. If you really felt that was the way the route it should go, then definitely show it to me. But I, I, I hired you because I trust you. You know, there's very much that element um, in, in whoever's on our team. So when you take out the hierarchy, you level the playing field, everyone is an equal player. I wish society in the world that large would see that because in many places that I've worked it's not like that it's wonderful to be able to have it where everyone's on the same ground and there's no hierarchy or different levels it's a wonderful thing it sounds like a like a dream workplace culture that's sort of um (laughs) and no really I feel like does that bring the best out in them I mean it feels like if at that point people take people start to see the the they see their own stake in from within a company within a business and they 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 feel a sort of ownership of it they feel that we're looking we're looking everyone is looking each other in the eye 
and, and it sort of drives them to, to produce their best. They don't feel that there's somebody uh, lording over them, et cetera. And, and um, I think that can be a big, a big motivator for, for employees. Also, I really view everyone as like, without them, we would only, we would be that much less. Like I, I don't view myself as like, or me and Chaim as the boss and then everyone works for us. I don't know. Totally not. Like, I don't, I don't look at the company like that. I feel like every new person that we added to the team only grows the company that much bigger and only benefits everyone that much more. It doesn't, I don't see it as like that boss hiring employee. That whole structure never crosses my mind. You know, I, I just I've, don't. I've, I've met some of your team and they're all like phenomenal professionals in their own right. Like it's, it's really a, a very, very special and unique culture. Um, but, you know, with all of the, the positive culture and the, the passion that drives these projects that you work on, um, which are meaningful to Kleisro, um, so, so meaningful and so special, um, there is a business model here. So I want to get down, and since this is the Jewish Business Insider, I want to get down to the business side of it, um, which is, I guess, that from, from what I know about the, the field of advertising and marketing, it's ultimately, at least on a business model level, it's ultimately about sales, right? So how do you, how do you balance this aspect, pushing your staff, uh, which let's not word it that way, um, even, even yourself? To make that next uh, level sale, taking it up to on a business side, taking it up to uh, from a good sale to a really great sale um, from JCN's perspective, but staying really true to the needs of the client, because um, there's sort of like this um, balance uh, there. There's there's making a good sale to making a great sale, um, and and just staying true to the needs of the client, where um, maybe they um, you know maybe they could have done with the good sale, but making a great sale is, you know, sometimes I guess it's beneficial for them. What's the, what's the tension there and how do you, how do you resolve that tension? Since I guess the client is really trusting you with your expertise. You're, you're the power lady. Yeah. You're the power lady. You're the power lady behind the, yeah. I'll tell you what works for me. And, and anytime I've given it over to my team, I found that they were able to sell so much more. I believe in advertising. And if you believe in it, then you're not misguiding. Now, of course, everyone has a budget. That's fine. And respecting clients' budgets is number one. But if you don't show them what's out there and what you're capable of accomplishing, how are they supposed to know? So they come to us as the professional and say, like, how do I get the word out? If you believe that advertising works and the right marketing works, it's the best investment you'll take for your organization or your business. And I've seen it again and again. And those that come to us and they trust us and we're actually able to craft them the correct material and monitor their campaign. When they see success, they trust us even more. They never feel misled or oversold or, or sold wrong. But you as a salesperson needs to understand and needs to trust that advertising works. And if you believe it, then you can sell it. And when the client buys into it and they realize themselves that advertising works, then you just make another sale, you know? So it all starts from the salesperson really believing that the right marketing and the right advertising and the right budget, it works. It's effective. Right. I heard, I heard someone say that, you know, advertising costs are, some people call them costs and rather it's a healthier way to look at them as an investment in your cause, right? It's an investment. I heard you use that word and it popped out to me. 
Um, and, and I would imagine that, look, some, some clients that approach you, they might not really know their way around the industry. They might have a great organization or a great um, product because you also deal with businesses, right? You bet. Mm-hmm. So, so all those businesses have a great thing to, to, to bring to uh, such a wide uh, readership and viewership that exists on Jason Advertising, but they don't know their way around. So it, it, and so sometimes I would imagine that doing like, let's just call it, I don't like this term, but doing the upsell, let's say, or making, making a great sale is actually going to be completely to the benefit of the client. In other words, if they had in mind um, that their budget was X, but you explain to them when you do X, Y, and, and Z, or Z, depending on where you come from, which side of the pond you're on, um, it's, it's a benefit for them to take that next, to squeeze a little more and, and make that greater investment on behalf of their own cause. Like a lot of organizations that I work with, which are mainly nonprofits, um, right. I tell them all the time, and this is sort of my modus operandi when we're working with um, people who are just starting out, is that if you run your nonprofit like a business, if you run your nonprofit organization like a business, you'll become your own best advocate. Um, and part of that really means, you know, investing in great content and great videos and getting it out there to the world. Um, do you find that that's sort of that's sort of true that that pushing to make the next level sale is really just benefiting the client more? Yes, but I I, I do still feel like the client. I mean, it's it's so case by case. If I feel like the client's not ready for it, I would never push them to do that next, that upsell, whatever, you know, however you're describing it. I feel like there's like a, like with me specifically, there's an intuition I have when I'm talking to a client, like where I, where they're really holding and where they're capable of holding, you know? So it's pretty much, it's not like a rule across the board that I use. I, I don't use any rules across the board, but the one rule I do use is that I do know that you know, also they have to be capable of putting out the right material. So if they come to me and I'm the one creating the material, then for sure, I'm more confident with pushing to the next level. Right. But if they're a small minded organization, they can't get their act together. Then sometimes I'll even say like, maybe I'm just not the right fit because the people that I need to work with are people that believe in marketing and believe in advertising and believe in sharing their, their business, their message, you know, that's the clients that I click with and, and I can actually really, really help them. So I think you can see the results there. And it's, it sounds yeah. like very, very clear business savvy and, and sort of sharp business instincts and intuition, as, as you said, but like with a heart, with the, with a real um, consideration it's for mindfulness. It's mindful. I care. They feel it. I get to know them and I'm not going to mislead them. It kind of brings to mind the idea, if you build it, they will come. If you believe it, they will come. And if you believe it, it will happen. You have to believe in what you want to do in order for it to come. But when you're involved in these kind of things, sometimes people need a little bit of inspiration. So what is a book or some media that you someone? Most business owners have someone in their mind's eye they refer back to for inspiration when the going gets rough. Who's your inspiration? Do you get it from a person, a book, a mentor? So I'm not... I'm not a book reader. And sometimes I feel like, like I look around and I'm like all like insecure about it. Like all these business owners and all these successful big guys, everyone's busy talking about the books they read and they show these bookcases in the pile. I'm a little bit ADHD like that. I will read a book and then someone will say, so what do you just read? I'll be like, 
you know, while I was reading it, I thought it was great, but I can't repeat to you one page I just read. Like, it's just, I, I don't, I'm not that kind of reader. Um, no, audiobooks. In the works. good for me? Which audiobooks in the works. Maybe that would be good. I would, I, I'm I would just saying. Space out. I would probably space out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, podcast, Jewish Business Insider. It's, you know, this is it. This is the model. <laughs> but the people, I do find inspiration. I feel like what, what, I'm always learning. I try, I learn from people. Like I, I actively learn from people and, and I consciously learn from people, meaning I meet someone and in order for me to remember them, I try to remember something about them. And I think like, okay, what am I learning from them? So I feel like that's a way of like, it's like a double win for me. You know, I'm, I'm learning and I'm getting to know the person and, you know, I try to get inspired from the people that I work with, people that I, you know, new clients, whatever it is. Um, but there is, there are people that, that, that I meet that inspire me most in business and organizations are the ones that like keep Hashem in their forefront. And it's amazing. You hear it right away. Like, you know, leaders that even business owners, like everything's about, you know, like Hashem is, is in the first conversation of we're just doing the best we can. We're just like this. We're just, we're just messengers. We're those kind of people to me. Like I, I delve even deeper in helping them because it's, they know they're not, there's no, there's no blame game. There's no, there's no credit game. There's none of that. It's all like, so like, we just all do the best we possibly can. Um, I have a sister who was a very, very successful company, um, wig business called Sari Wigs. And she is a tremendous inspiration to me in that sense. She runs her business. I'm telling you with God, like that's, people that run their businesses like that. And, and she's running a huge business and she has many, many, many people working for her and companies all over the world that carry her wigs. And still it's like, it's not me. It's not the people that work for me. It's all, you know, we're just, we're, we're here as, as messengers and we just do the best we can. And if this goes wrong, it was meant to be. And if that goes right, it was also meant to be. It wasn't these kind of people inspire me. That's the way I want to be, you know? You should know also the Gemara tells us, the Dvar Torah for the day, the Gemara and Pirkeos tells us, Ezehu chacham halomen mikol adam. Ezehu chacham haroes anolet. So when a person can foresee the consequences of where the advertising can go, where the mission can go, where the idea can go, and if you can learn from everyone around you, that's really a, a life lesson for all of us to take with us every single day as well. Yeah. Right, yeah, the Bali Musar, you know. The Bali, I once heard somebody say the Bali Musar could take Musar even from sort of like the, the dust on the sidewalk. They could take Musar from everywhere. And if you work with so many people like you do, so many different heads of organizations and institutions, you have such an opportunity to do that. I have to tell you, honestly, um, I, I feel uh, similarly in that regard. And, and, and uh, one of my mentors, I actually consider you a mentor. Um, in fact, uh, something that you quoted um, I remember, and I take it with me um, almost everywhere I go every day. So I have to, oh, wow. first of all, acknowledge you for it. I'm going to share with you what I learned from one of the things I learned from you. You, you said, I think it was on a LinkedIn post, you said okay. that people are um, sort of afraid of sales jobs or they're put off of some a position in sales or that would require any sales. Part of it is because they're nervous or they're, they're tentative about, you know, making something that is just a... a a predictable outcome at the end of every month and et cetera. And they feel comfortable with that. But what, the way I remember you saying it is 
um, something that you learned in seminary, that if you go, it rains all the time, and Hashem is making it rain all the time. And if you go outside with a small glass, then he'll fill it up for you. But if you right. go outside with the whole bathtub, he'll also fill that up for you. And I Rabbi take it with- Rabbi Tarshish said that to me, said it in seminary, not to me, to the class. And also it just stuck with me. And I'm so happy that stuck with you also. It's an amazing- I take it record. with me every day. And then, you know, what's really beautiful about that teaching? Cause like now I can say I went to seminary a little bit. So what, <laughs> what's so beautiful about that teaching is that you realize at the end of the day, whether you have a cup or whether you have a bathtub or whatever, but it was a Shem that filled it up. You know, it, it all came from him. It was all from him. And, and he's generating constant, constant chef all the time. And it's just about if you're willing to be there and, and be the cleave for it. So it's a beautiful teaching. Um, I would ask you, that's one of my favorite Kyla Kaufman uh, quotes, but I would ask you if you sort of have like a favorite quote or teaching that sort of, you said you learned from everyone, but is there something, is there like one teaching that sticks out that just always kind of goes with you on your, on your travels through, through the world of business? That definitely is. And that's probably why I even wrote about it. Um, Cause it, it's amazing to see that it's the truth. You know, it's like, we're, it's all about holding the right Kaylee and we're just, we're just doing the best we can. And we're doing our Shabbos. Um, another important thing I think about all the time is that you don't get to keep what you don't fight for. And I also live with that, you know, both on a personal level and on a business level is that, you know, don't assume like, don't nothing's it's there for you to fight for, you know, whether it's fighting for the best for your children, whether it's fighting to make sure that your marriage is, is, is in line and everyone's happy, whether it's fighting for your clients, um, to make sure that they're getting what they need and you're fulfilling, you know, what you committed to fulfill. It's all about making sure that your fingers on that pulse. It's, you know, not letting things slip. You got to keep, you, you got to keep at it. You know, um, don't assume things are just going to happen. I'm very, I, I very much live like that. You know, I'm, I'm constantly on it, on it, on it. I don't just expect. So it's also a pretty important business lesson is just fight for it. And, you know, keep going at it it's like nice. the muscle it's like the muscle of the guy you know when it's raining 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 and he's looking for Hashem and he says where's Hashem and then a boat comes by and then the helicopter ultimately we have to realize we have to put in our heshtablis we can't just expect things we put in our work and then hopefully we'll see the derech Hashem right the way we want to go hopefully Hashem will take us but the last question I'd have for you is what would you say to someone that wants to start a career in advertising and marketing um, I think the most important trait that someone needs to work through is just trying to understand human psychology a little bit and humanize everything, whatever you're, whatever, whatever you're dissecting, dissect it from a level of like basic human understanding, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how brilliant or how un, like everyone is human. So we all react and we, we're all, we all have an emotional side. We all have a happy side. We have a sad side. It's learning how to put yourself, instead of overcomplicating things, make it, bring it down to a level that just a, another human, another person can connect to, relate to, understand it, uncomplicated. Um, it's, it's a very important trait to be able to, you know, um, deal with. Someone called you up and said, I, I want to do a campaign and I want it to be a fabulous campaign and I want it to be sophisticated. What's the process from start to finish? How, how's the process 
like how do they even reach you how do they reach you to do it like plug for kyle kaufman here now that she needs it and and also and if somebody wants to actually go ahead and launch a really sophisticated beautiful like top shelf excellent campaign what's the process from beginning to end take us through so we first do a brainstorming session we get to understand their mission who they are um what drives them what they want people to feel from connecting to them um, whether it's a business or an organization. That's about an hour, two hours of just talking, hearing the different people who are decision makers, um, going through that whole process. I have a team of writers that come on the call. Um, it's like a brainstorming session. And then we, I always call it hispodidus, you know, we all take our own little corner and start thinking things out. And, and then we share our thoughts. Um, and then we, then we do a concept reveal and we show the client, like, this is the idea that we think would you know, really relate to an audience and to a very large audience. Obviously not everything is going to relate to everyone, but you always want to make sure that whatever you're putting out there is relatable. You know what I mean? And then hopefully the right audience sees it too and is attracted to it. And once they approve some sort of concept, then we move on to creatives and we move on to deliverables that are going to be needed. And we move on to a media strategy on how we're getting the world to see it and how much it's costing and you know, that's, and then we roll out the campaign once all the pieces are put together um, and planned. It's amazing. So it sounds like, it sounds like a very, very clear cut process. And I'm sure anyone that does a campaign with you is in excellent hands. How, how does someone who wants to do that actually reach you? How do they get in touch with the great Kyla Kaufman to do a campaign? What's the best way to get in touch with JCN Advertising and get the word out for their businesses and their organizations? So a lot of people still have my cell number and just call me that way and say, hey, can we talk? Uh, and then we set up, you know, we, we set up a time on our calendar that works for everyone. SD manages my calendar um, or people reach me out, reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time. They email jewishcontentnetwork.com. Um, There's a contact form there. They can ask to speak to me. It gets forwarded to me right away. You know, I'm pretty accessible, reachable and personable. So I don't try to make myself at all hard to get in any which way. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time and for meeting with us. It's been a real honor and we really appreciate your time and talking with us today. Thank you. Thanks so much. Really Thank nice. you so much, Kyla. All the best. Thank you. Shane. Really appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Hashem should bench you with continued success. Amen. Thank you. You just listened to the Jewish Business Insider Podcast brought to you by JCN Advertising and the Jewish Content Network. If you have questions for us, contact us via our website, jewishcontentnetwork.com or call us at 845-287-0404. We'll see you next time at the Jewish Business Insider.